Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your kids, and your partner. We'll give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you. I'm Terilyn Griffin. I'm Caitlin Gabriel. And I'm Felicia Allen. Let's find the magic together. Hey, everybody. This is Tara Lynn, and I have a face palm for you, and that is, well, maybe it's a high five because we're now finally recording, but we, I have not recorded with Felicia now for three weeks because I got COVID. Yeah. Bom, bom. Sorry. <laughs> Key drop. It's okay. We're alive. So anyway, I got COVID, and it was just really sleepy. I was just sleepy. So sleepy. And my smell disappeared. and But on the bright side, my family was great. And we are all, like, my kids just got a little bit, just tiny bit of symptoms. And my husband was, like, a superhero and just took care of everything. Literally for, like, two straight weeks. He just did everything. Mm-hmm. Jeff. High five to Jeff for doing that. And I literally just slept. So I have just missed. I've missed conversation. And this leads to another, I guess, is, like, doubling the face palm of... Felicia and I met at 5.45 this morning, and it's like two and a half hours later, and we just had so much to say <laughs> to each other. Like, we'd be planning the episode, and then all of a sudden, I don't know where I'm like, okay, I just got to tell you this. <laughs> just gotta, I even say, I'm not going to tell you this story, so you're going to get us off track. You know, I have to. I have to tell you. And then I just tell her this story, and now we're, here we are, hours later, finally recording. So, phase palm is COVID. Honestly, COVID could just get its whole own face palm, like a year, two, two years, years of face palm. <laughs> but I finally actually got the sickness. So oh. anyway, I'm glad it is passed. And yeah, my face palm is too. Also related, tiredness. Guys, I think also we took so much time because I can't even think this morning. I'm so tired for some reason. There are several times that both of us, we'd be saying, okay, so this, and we just look at each other blankly like... <laughs> So what next? Yeah, <laughs> no idea, no clue. Blank, blank. So this is coming from a very enlightened space today, you guys. <laughs> so last, uh, well, actually not last episode, a few episodes ago, we talked about connection, and um, specifically in our relationships where we have that struggle between we we want to have a strong attachment to someone but in a healthy way I know how to we've been trying to unpack this it's really tricky because there's these like two ends of this of the spectrum where we can just totally detach from people because they're hurting us or we can be so overattached that they are affecting our lives in negative ways and so we kind of talked about that in our last connection episode and this time we want to dive deeper into these common pitfalls of relationships where what we're calling it is where we're having a cloudy lens so we're not seeing the situations in our relationships clearly and how we can just clean that lens and make it more clear so that we can really it's about it's extending grace to ourselves and to all of our relationships and I just think about those people that you know that feel so connected. I think the best way to describe it for me is that they're very soulful because they are attached, but it's like in a clean way. So to me, it's like they're connecting with 
the heart of the matter. So it's not like all this minutia mm. on top, but because they are attached. And that's sometimes the part of like um, a lot of, what's the right word? Like personal development or self-help stuff that I can start to like bristle against is when it's just like, well, if it's not working for you, ditch it. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I'm not totally on board with that because there's so many people in my life where I'd rather find a way that I can mm-hmm. stay attached to them yeah. in their pitfalls. Yeah. And so that's, we're, so we're going a little deeper today. It's not like surface level um, relationship stuff. Maybe just thinking about it in a new way that you haven't before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're hoping by juxtaposing this metaphor of cloudy lens view versus the clear lens view that we're able to kind of help us see clearer. <laughs> and for me, I'm I'm obsessed with the concept of seeing things clearly versus not because I think so many times in our lives it is so difficult because we're just we're humans and we there's no such thing as being unbiased as humans, right? And so I find myself constantly in fact, I'll even find myself justifying myself by saying, no, 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 I, I am seeing this clearly. And as soon as I feel myself saying that, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. This is a sign that I actually probably am not. Because I actually feel like people who say, I learned this once in a political science class and it stuck with me, that if you hear somebody say, I am unbiased in this matter, mm-hmm. you automatically know that they are delusioned in this matter because there is no such thing as being unbiased. Our only chance is actually just to be able to see our own bias. That's our, that's our best hope of seeing things clearly is recognizing our own bias. Right. But if we ever think I have no bias here, then that means we got to clear our lens a little bit. Yeah. So for me, this kind of metaphor, we're going with our eyes. We're hoping to see our relationships clearly. And I love that Felicia, I am with you in that, I think relationships and connection, I mean, connection is one of the pillars that we talk about that's at literally the foundation of how we want to see the world. That we hear, me, Felicia, and Caitlin, I mean, we feel like the pillars of literally building a wholehearted life, which is what we're searching after, which is what we're trying for, to live our lives wholeheartedly. I want to get to the end of my life and say, yes, I live that with my whole heart. The reason why connection is one of our pillars is that it is a matter of the heart. So we're talking about this metaphorical <clears throat> lens that we're looking at through our eyes at things, but the whole deeper level of this is it starts with our heart. Mm-hmm. Our lens change comes from our heart. So the first kind of cloudy lens situation that often we find ourselves in is the idea of thinking in shoulds, that we should either our loved ones or ourselves. We do this to ourselves as well. I think a lot of times when we talk about relationships, we only apply it to other people. Mm-hmm. But what I've found, well, not just, I'm just going to, not just I, Brene Brown <laughs> says this, and she is, of course, the expert on the matter. But that oftentimes, that when we're looking at somebody else through really judgmental, a really judgmental lens, we oftentimes are applying that same lens to ourselves. But we don't even, we don't even go there because we don't think it matters in a relationship, right? But, well, I'm just trying to give you unconditional love, but if we actually can't do that same thing for ourselves, we're not going to be able to give it. So as we talk about any of these things, you can kind of think in your own mind, am I doing this to somebody else, but am I also doing this to myself? Mm -hmm. Because we can't give somebody else what we're not giving to ourselves and vice versa. I think our ability to connect is 
this kind of fluid, like it goes one way and it comes back. It's circular. Yeah. And so, just when you say that, I think I have like five pings in my head of, I think that's like a pretty good exercise where I'm either, you know, in some way that I'm saying someone should be doing this, I can dir- directly connect that to something that I hold myself mm-hmm. to that I can first like grant myself that like love or forgiveness or whatever you want to call it and become awake to that in myself then I I, I can't give them that before I give it to myself definitely so, and I think that, that goes two ways too you might be thinking <clears throat> in your mind um, so sometimes we are judgmental this is a fascinating actually phenomenon for me but oftentimes people are judgmental in others the same thing that they're judgmental in themselves so they are ultra critical of other people's weaknesses when it is their same weakness which is just fascinating to me mm-hmm. but it's because the so if you're having that if you're hearing this and you're thinking okay yeah that that resonates with me oftentimes it's because at the bottom of it there's this self-loathing you hate that weakness in yourself so bad that you're intolerant of it in others but the opposite is true oftentimes this one more resonates with me. I am oftentimes critical of other people's weaknesses when that thing is my strength. Because I'm like, well, that's easy for me. So why isn't that easy for you? And that's really frustrating for me. And so for me to get my, cl- my lens clear here. So again, if your lens, is, if you're really feeling like I'm critical of other people for the same qualities that I hate myself, then the key here on being clear is realizing that and realizing this starts with self. This is like a self-loathing thing. I need to actually learn to see that clearly in myself and still be able to see my own worth and see that that is simply a weakness, right? It doesn't have to be your identity. So going into that kind of self, like you actually, so a, a trick here or a tool would be you actually go in, so say you're, you go into some deep breathing meditation, you actually can see yourself as this being that is worth worthy of love, filled with love, and then you see your weakness and you can realize I can have this weakness and I can actually say it's something that you want to stop or you want to change, I can still move forward and change that and I can skip all of the self-loathing. Mm-hmm. Like I can actually just take the shame that I am bad, mm-hmm. I am wrong, at a deep level I am unlovable and you can see that, okay, this thing actually doesn't change my worth, doesn't change my lovability. I can still take it and I can still work on it and I can still get better at it. I'm not saying that like if you're doing some sabotaging your life, you should just keep doing it because that's not helpful. But it's going to keep sabotaging your life if you think it's connected to your worth. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying is like literally like the visualization of this thing is separate from me. It is not me. I can still, I can take it and I can work on it, but I, my worth is intact. So just that visualization of picturing yourself, I think is a, a helpful tool if that's the thing that's resonating with you. But if you're like the thing that resonates with me where you're thinking I'm usually judgmental and thinking people should be doing stuff that I'm really good at, but they're not. The thing that helps me is same thing. When I'm doing my sitting with myself, I can say, okay, so this person, that thing that's bothering me, that I think they should be doing this, and I'm feeling that judgment, all I have to do for myself, I can't apply the same. Like, I'm not going to use the same thing. Because mm-hmm. if it's my strength, then of course. So all I have to do, and this is easy, I just choose any of my weaknesses, any one. Mm-hmm. Usually, with these. When I'm feeling this feeling, usually it's because somebody has an opposite personality of me. So I do not have to search far to see one of their strengths that is my weakness. And literally, all I have to do is flip it around in my mind and say, I am so glad they're not constantly telling me that I should be doing that, this, this, and this. I'm so grateful that they're not doing that to me. And then all of a sudden, my desire to control them like just disappears because I'm like, 
they don't try to manage me in this way. Right. And even if they are managing, trying to manage me, then it, this still would work because all Not you're doing, for tat. <laughs> yeah, you're just literally giving yourself, you're giving them the empathy that you want them to give you. So the same thing, but you're just using different examples. So all I'm saying is you can just look at your, your situation, which everyone's calling to you when you're thinking somebody should be doing it. Is it the opposite of your strength? Or is it one of your weaknesses that you loathe? Do you have so does this start with a get rid of your own self-loathing? Or does it start with a let's give some compassion for I can give space for your weakness, even though it's not a weakness that I relate to, because I have so many I have weaknesses of my own and you have your own strengths. And it's kind of this like, let's just allow ourselves to be. And for me that's a that's a beautiful space of compassion of we are all just humans that are trying. So and I think that goes right when you say human. Another one of like the cloudy lens that I think we get caught up in is n- not seeing that other people are human, like not accepting yes. their humanness. Yes. And whether that comes from putting them on a pedestal or looking at them as less than, like yes. whichever way, I think sometimes we we have that sort of a lens, and I think. That if we can, if we can see another's needs and allow them to have them and to be human in those needs and allow our own humanness, I think that can like clear up so much because yeah. none of us is perfect. Yeah. And a quote that I just heard, and we're going to share this podcast. If you're interested in this kind of stuff, you need to listen to it. Um, but it's from the Robcast, and the he had a guest on named Pete Rollins and he said that love calls people out of the gray out of background and into existence I'll say it one more time love calls people out of gray out of the background and into existence which I think is just a beautiful image of how I mean if we think about our kids I think this is a purest form of this like we we call them like we allow them to be we help them become through our love and same like if if you can look at your spouse like that or your friends humans we all have these beautiful qualities and it is when we are loved by someone that we are able to like fulfill those to come Mm -hmm. into them Mm -hmm. and I think often I mean you see this in you know like um neglect or abuse situations a lot where you don't see the full human like the full person until they're like safe out of that they haven't like received enough love in those situations to blossom oftentimes and I just think this is a beautiful oh sorry guys I think they're starting some construction so if you hear some banging hammering in the background um and he also uh, Pete Rollins also says that he likes to think of it as um viewing someone as sublime or to sublimate them which when I looked up the definition after I listened to this one of the def- definitions is to convert something inferior into something of higher worth and so he's basically saying through our love through seeing you know it's the classic like the golden rule treat other people as you want to be treated that whole concept if we can see you know see someone as the end so like they are whole as they are instead of a means to an end like we're trying to manipulate them or change them or they should be doing this then I just think 
that acceptance allows them to move into their fullness. Mm-hmm. That's not why you're doing it, mm-hmm. right? You're not like, oh, if I treat them like this, then they'll be like this. But it's just in that acceptance. And then I think we also see, like, it, it, it's like faith. Like, we, we see what we choose to see. Like, we... Mm-hmm. There is what we choose to see. Mm-hmm. Is this making mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. No, it's the power of our own vision. Right, yes. right. Like we can't even see it if we don't. If we don't allow them to be those things, if we don't try, then they won't ever be. Obviously, yeah. You know. And when it comes to people, I mean, people are infinite. Like, right. There is no end to getting to know a person. There isn't. I mean, it's they're this incredible yes, universe infinite. that's yeah. always changing, mm-hmm. and so. It's magical to me when we can actually start to see. And if you've ever been around somebody who, when they're with you, you can tell they are seeing you as a person. You do feel, it feels like a blossoming. Like, I am my fullest self mm-hmm. because of the way you're seeing me, mm-hmm. right? It's incredible. Like, mm-hmm. the power of actual love. I mean, I think it's it sounds so cliche, but it's the most powerful force, I think, in the world. Because yeah. it does allow people to be who they truly are. As parents, we usually worry about what our kids are eating. Are they eating enough? Are they getting the protein that they need, the vitamins, the minerals? And that's why we're excited to bring you today's sponsor, Nourished. They make supplements for kids that can just help you rest assured that they're getting what they need for their little bodies. Our personal favorite is their Mighty Chocolate Milk comes in both dairy and plant-based options. It's organic. It has all the essential protein and probiotics that your kids need as well as some organic spinach in there they also have super juice in two different flavors fruit punch and tropical orange both are delicious my kids have tried and love both they have complete multivitamins and whole fruits and veggies inside the powders they're super easy to mix in just like a water bottle and then they also have a kid's immune booster with winter coming up that is all natural and it's made out of whole foods that are turned into a powder like elderberry and vitamin C, D, and zinc. And it's kind of like a pixie stick, so it's really fun to eat and delicious. My kids always want more of them. So during this cold and flu season, it is a hit. So if you would like to try any of Nourish products, you can use code FINDTHEMAGIC15. That's F-I-N-D-T-H-E-M-A-G-I-C-1-5. Find the Magic 15 for 15% off your order. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the question is, how do we know if we're seeing people as people? And anytime we're seeing somebody as an object or a means to an end or somebody below or above us. So this is just thinking that we're better than somebody or thinking that they are better than us. Mm -hmm. Any of those things is seeing them as not fully human, who is equal in worth and infinite ability to see like Mm -hmm. this is just 
being like I, I want to see everybody around me as just beings of light like mm-hmm. what do you have inside of you I want to see it right mm-hmm. and in the book the bonds that make us free by C. Terry Warner it is a fabulous book uh, he talks about how a key and this is and I've heard this concept before in the book leadership and self-deception so this wasn't a familiar concept to me but for some reason after reading this book I have noticed it in my life all the time So one of the ways we know that we are not seeing a person as a human, that we are seeing them as something else, is when we find ourselves inspired to do something and then we don't do it and then we immediately find ourselves justifying it. So you feel like maybe you should, and this can apply to humans, animals, or any living thing, even the earth. Like you feel like you should pick up that piece of litter, but you don't. And then immediately you have to start justifying why you didn't. As soon as you feel the justification switch, and if you guys start paying attention to it, it really is like a little switch that happens inside of me. (laughs) And once you get really, it's cool because you just get more sensitive to it. And it's a little flag of like, hold on, you are not truly seeing this situation clearly. If you are self-justifying, you are not seeing the situation clearly. So if I see, you know, something, you know, if I see my husband's keys have fallen on the ground and he might not see them in the morning this doesn't actually ever happen. I'm just making this up. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I get the feeling I should just pick up those keys and put it on his sink, which is his place where he keeps them so that when he wakes up, he sees his keys. Right. Yeah. But I don't, a little thing that could easily happen is I start justifying, well, I have this and this and this and blah, 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 whatever. Then that's how I know I really should have done that thing. Because that thing that I was inspired to do was coming from a place of love, mm-hmm. coming from a place of seeing my husband as a human. Mm-hmm. And anytime I don't do that thing and I feel the need to justify it, it is, they call it self-betrayal. And self-betrayal is often a source of our cloudy lens. So that's a fabulous place to start. Yeah. And I think how you can, at least for me, a way that I can see if I'm in that self-betrayal or if I'm justifying, which often comes at the cost of our relationships because we're in our ego, we're seeing ourselves our way as right, is to, instead of paying attention to the circumstance that I feel wronged in or what I've chosen to do, the action I've chosen to take, instead of saying, well, I did this, so they should have done this, or any of those stories, is to pay attention to my actual feeling in the given situation and if you're in a space to see their feelings so it like erases it's taking out any actions that anything you've done or you think they should do or anything like that and just paying attention to your actual like human emotion and feelings then I am able to see how you know I've worked myself into a space of being it's usually resentful um when I go against how like when I'm fighting against my like feelings or my what I'm trying to work towards with this person person then I'm usually going against my my goodness like my heart is telling me the right thing to do but instead I'm choosing these other actions and so then I get a space of being resentful and I'm really just betraying my goodness I mean at I think that at the core, we we most often know what we can do to honor the other person or love them and love ourselves, but we fight against it for various reasons. And that's when I think we are in that self-betrayal state. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's usually, it's usually our 
a reaction and we're not like living from our integrity, mm -hmm. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And sometimes we are willing to make ourselves unhappy, like do things to actually make ourselves miserable because we want to make somebody else miserable prove, yeah. because they've caused us pain. So again, you're doing something that is not coming from a loving space. It's literally coming from, I, you have hurt me. Therefore I am going to do this thing that'll still actually take away my own happiness, but I want to be so justified. I want to be justified in my unhappiness. So I'm going to actually do things that make me miserable. And I mean, we've seen, you see this in divorces all the time, you know, where somebody is, they actually make it harder on themselves just to make it harder on the other person. Mm -hmm. And in, in the book, Bonds That Make Us Free, uh, he actually gives an example of a woman who just got divorced and her, you know, her husband had been unfaithful for many, many years. And she had all these women come up to her after and say like, you know, like, let's have like a burning, you know, like a burning party. They didn't say this, but I'm picturing this, right? Just kind of like be so mad at him. And she was like, but that's not going to help me. Like right. why I would rather just choose to love him from a space of not being married to him anymore, right? She still chose to get herself out of this situation, but what does her own hate, she realized that her own hate did not fuel her. It didn't feed her, it didn't help her at all. And getting to that space, I think is an amazing, and as I say this, I realize this is easier said than done, but we're just, I'm just pointing out that a, a trigger, a, a piece of evidence that you might be living in self-betrayal is when you're trying to make somebody unhappy and also making yourself unhappy just to make them unhappy, right? Because you feel like that's the price of your own pain. Whereas if you can say, I'm going to still choose love, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean staying in a situation that's not good for you. That does and we've talked about this a lot, but it does not mean that. I think you can still get out of an unhealthy situation, definitely, but still act from a place of love that is not self-betraying. I really mm -hmm. think that's definitely possible. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I want to share an example of how this kind of acting from a space of love, it's not just changing the way we see, but when we start on the inside and actually change our heart, how it changes, it changes the way we see everything. So my husband, maybe, I don't know, around 11 months ago, came to me and was like, I've been doing some soul searching and I have decided that I've been asking myself what's the most important thing to me in my life. And at the end of my life, like who I want to be and I want to be a good husband and a good father. Like that's the most important thing to me. And so he's like, I'm going to start with you. And I feel like, I mean, he's always been a loving husband. So it doesn't like, like I was like, okay, you know, what? great. But I kid you not guys, it's been over 11 months now and he has actually changed the way he sees me. Like I am not a perfect person. And I, there's a lot of things about being married to me. That's probably very annoying and <laughs> difficult. But I feel like he is completely, like, I can tell when he looks at me that he is seeing me as a t in a totally different way. And even when we have things that we disagree on or I'm still doing the same annoying things that I was doing before, when we talk about it, it isn't from a space of, like, we're far away. It's like we're talking about it from a space of togetherness because I know that he is showing me this kind of love that's unconditional, that just when he does something nice for me, it isn't something to get something back. It's like just from a place of love, like I want to give this to you because I love you and receiving that kind of love. I mean, I agree with Pete Rollins that I think that kind of love brings you out of the gray and into the, out of the background and into existence because it changes the way even I see myself. 
And it's totally changed the way I see him completely. Like, so I'm going to give this example and it's just a funny, I mean, this is just a funny example, uh -huh. but I feel like because, and it started with him. It didn't start with me at all. It just started with him. This place of unconditional, just, I'm just going to love you. Like that's, I'm just going to love you for how you are. And I can't help it, but like automatically it's just easy. It's easy to love him back like that. But it started with him. So I think it just starts with one person. So <laughs> a pet peeve of mine for a whole married life is I don't like crumbs in my bed. <laughs> but Jeff loves to eat in bed. So sometimes I find crumbs in our bed. And sometimes, sometimes it bothers me. But this, I don't know, this just shows to me like how much love can change things. So this literally just happened last night. I crawled into bed. I had been at a class with my girls late. So Jeff was already asleep. I came into bed and one of my favorite things when he's already asleep, I just love coming in. I totally get into his space. I mean, like my side of the bed isn't even used, mm -hmm. honestly. <laughs> I just come in. I just like snuggle his back, right? Pull him in. I kiss him and tell him that I love him. And... But as I came to snuggle in, I found a piece of cookie. Like, <laughs> on my way to Jeff, I found a piece of cookie. <laughs> and I didn't even have to try. I honestly, this is my reaction, guys. I picked up the cookie, and I smiled. And I, like, felt this surge of love for Jeff. Like, I can just picture him eating this cookie. Because, you know, we weren't even there, right? <sighs> And then falling asleep. And so I just like took the cookie, literally smiled to myself and like put, kind of like tossed it over on his nightstand and then just snuggled him in. And so what I'm saying is literally this thing, actually, I felt a surge of love from, like I, it was endearing. Like I felt the cookie and I automatically felt this thing of love. And it's because of him. It's because he started showing me this kind of unconditional love and it took something that used to actually bother me. And now it's the sign of love. And as I was thinking about this, like several different situations just like that came up. That something that used to actually bother me now literally triggers the feeling of love inside of me. And I think it's endearing, but it's because he totally changed his lens and it isn't thinking that the other person is perfect. That's not it at all. It's literally choosing to, I am going to love, I'm just going to love you. And that love changes. It literally changes our perspective. It can change our emotions. It can change our reactions to people. It can change so much. And it doesn't mean that the person automatically, all their flaws and their annoying things are gone. It doesn't mean that at all. Right. Right. It means that can we actually love somebody from a place of, I am the most alive when I am giving love. And the opportunity to love you changes me and makes me living as how I want to live. And re receiving that kind of love also does the same thing. So uh, what I'm saying here is, I don't even, I'm not even saying that there is such thing as perfect love. I'm just saying that if we can get to the point where we can actually look at somebody from a place of love and actually follow those little things in our hearts that it can change us. And it does. It just changes our lens. And again, that doesn't mean that we don't request things, mm -hmm. set boundaries, because there's nothing wrong with putting out a request for the person that you love, right? But it's that my job here is just to love you. And, and again, I mean, boundaries. We've talked so much about those. So mm -hmm. that isn't disregarding yeah. any of those things. It's just simply recognizing that if we can recognize when we're self-betraying, recognize when our lens is cloudy, when we feel ourselves justifying ourselves, those are 
keys, when we find ourselves trying to control somebody else or thinking that they should be doing something else or thinking that we're running their life but not seeing our own. Like one of the ways of looking at it is, are you mentally running everybody else's life but asleep to your own? Like that's exhausting, right? Mm -hmm. When we're trying to run other people's lives, it's exhausting. So all these things are triggers, little signs that are saying, hey, you're self-betraying. Hey, you're not living from a place of true connection here. It's worth looking at our lives and seeing, can we, can we open ourselves up to true connection, the kind of connection that actually transforms us? Because it does. I think it brings our entire lives to a higher plane. It would, it would sublimate it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's in that, what you're saying, that first change of heart that makes us, you know, it's like a, we're choosing to drop all these charges that we've been building up against anyone else for them, for them. Not because you think you're going to get something out of it. And um, in The Bonds That Make Us Free, the author says that sacrificing of retribution is called love. Once you're the chooser, so you choose to drop those, that that is love. And it makes you open and available. And really, it's it turns into a continual and genuine forgiveness because it's not... Like you're ignoring, numbing, overlooking. I think a lot of the times we convince ourselves that all of those things are we've forgiven when we're really just like building it up underneath Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) until something builds up enough. But it's acknowledging our humanness, theirs, and allowing your heart to be changed first. And then all of the rest of it, I mean, it is like a bonus, but you you don't need it because your your heart is changed towards that m- more true love. So, guys, this is harder. It's easy. It's not even easy to talk about. It's all hard. <laughs> it's all tricky. Um, in these relationships that we want to keep strong and attached, but they're so intertwined that sometimes they get messy. It's tricky. And I hope that we've helped in some way. And um, definitely this conversation has Help me have a change of heart in a lot of things. All right, let's find the magic. <clears throat> me, 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 me. <laughs> Brown cows. 